And welcome back to Data Unchained. For this episode, I'm excited to invite back Cal Bronstein, who joined us on a previous episode, and go into a little bit deeper conversation about some of the challenges that are being experienced in the world today, particularly driven by the pain points around supply chains. Um, so, Cal, welcome back. Great to be back. I Last time we talked, um, we were di- diving a lot into the role of data architects and data stewards and um we touched a little bit on supply chains, and I figured it would be great to go a little deeper into that challenge. So what are you seeing out in the world today as far as, I mean, supply chain challenges we're all experiencing, whether it's Amazon deliveries to our home or empty shopping stores or whatever it might look like, um, but related to data and the big infrastructure that your um, company oversees, where are the big pain points that you're seeing today? So from a supply chain standpoint, Companies are having real difficulty getting the chips these days. You can't even get new factories built for chips. The manufacturers of those are having their own problems getting the chips to build the equipment to build the the chip factories. So we have a whole supply chain challenge. And um, to, to paraphrase Henry Ford, as I did the last time, right? You can order as much hardware as you'd like. You just can't get it. So that forces everybody to try and um, work with what they have internally. And this supply chain problem is going to exist into 2024. There, There's always going to be constraints, and people are going to have to figure out how to do that far better than they have today. Adding to the supply chain chain constraints are the power supply constraints. Uh, as everybody's been trying to move to ESG and cut down on gas and oil and and what's going on in Europe with um, the Ukraine-Russian war, uh, there's, there's gas constraints. And all of that is driving the cost of operating way up. So you even have budgets being impacted where people saying, I need to not only do more with less because I can't get new equipment to meet the growth, but I need to cut my costs. So I have to find a way to uh, be more efficient with what I have today and more sustainable with what I have in order to meet all the growth that's going on over the next couple of years. So it, it's a real problem. And as you know, data uh, growth is massive. It's it's 20% or more a year at most companies. I think about the world that we're living in today, and even just versus 10 years ago, it feels so different. It feels like 10 years ago, everything was being commoditized. There was this concept of, in our industry, white boxes that were low cost. You could, you know, get rid of maybe some of the proprietary costs of um, proprietary technology, drive it into commodity hardware, and you could buy more and just you kind of through hardware and through resources, whether it was human beings or hardware or whatever it was at these problems. And the whole world just feels a lot more constrained right now. Very true. Um, and everybody was doing that. And that was the same thing for the cloud. Well, don't worry about how much you need. Just Go out to the cloud and get more, get more, get more. Um, and or if you back 10 years or so, right, if you need more, just go buy more Intel equipment. And people were installing new servers and new storage on a weekly, if not daily basis, if you were a large enterprise. 
that was common practice. Now we're running into the problem that you have to do more with less with, with what you already have. That's a real problem for people. And yet, when you think about it, when every piece of data that we create, we not, we don't create it once. We over provision it. So when we, when we create something, we say, how much do I really need? Well, if I, and we guess wrong and we rarely change that over time. So you have a lot of, tied up storage space that's not being used. Secondly, um, we make duplications of the data. We take snapshots. We back it up. We make test copies. There are, for each piece of data that's out there, there are probably at least 10 copies sitting out there somewhere. And if you were to ask an IT executive how many copies they have of anything, Whatever number they give you is wrong and low. Is it because they're spread across different silos? They don't know who has copies or is it something bigger than that? It's because the control of data has been turned over to the application groups. So every time a new application is created, somebody's creating new data because it's a shared nothing architecture. So when you think about it, if I have... 4,000 applications in my company, which is tends to be low for a, a large corporation. If I have 4,000 of those, you can be assured that every one of those applications has multiple copies of the same data flowing around. So I don't know how much data I have. I have difficulty determining the, the, uh, truth of the data, right? Uh, you know, yeah, we talk about the, the single copy of the truth. Well, I don't have a single copy of the truth in most corporations. And when they get around to doing their, their quarterly reports, somebody on an Excel spreadsheet is taking all these different data points and bringing them together to create the single copy so I can make a report. It's, you, you think we are really good, but we've got some problems that we need to clean up. And now is a good time to do that because um, if I can't buy more equipment and I can't count on the the um, the cloud providers to give me everything I need, it's time for me to start eliminating data and making it more structured and getting control over what I'm operating. What kind of roles do you recommend companies hire? Maybe they have the people and they just need to reassess what they're accountable for, but who owns this challenge and which role really needs to be driving the change? You know, it's interesting. As far back as 2005, people came up with the concept of data stewards um, and to be responsible for the data architecture. Um, we still have less than 10% of the organizations with data stewards, and there's a problem. Uh, one of the problems that exists is that a data steward may be responsible, but he's not accountable for the data. And when you think about it, and, and as a DBA, you would, you would know this to be true. You can do most anything you want except create and delete data. You don't have the authority to do that. The authority rely, lies with the, um, the owner of the application, the business unit is the one that has the right to create and destroy. 
They're the ones who make those decisions. So IT may be responsible, but not, not accountable. And when you think about something like customer data for a large enterprise, every single line of business has their own definition of customer data. There is not a common database for that in most cases. And I can remember um, going back years ago when uh, one of the major corporations, one of the major vendors wanted to go to uh, a major uh, global enterprise and tell them how much equipment they had from their company, it took him a week to get his IT team to give him that answer because they didn't have a single point of data and they had it all over the place with lots of different ways. So we really do need to start cleaning it up. We need not data stewards or data architects or CDOs that are um, siloed. We need them across the enterprise if we're going to fix this problem. And I think about one of my other jobs I've done is being a backup administrator and thinking about all those backup policies that we would set for compliance, data protection, data resilience, all those different things. Um, does the data steward need to influence that or does that still remain an IT function? No, they do need to influence that because when you think about it, um, if you have a lot of different copies of the same data, you don't need to back them all up. Right? You need to someone to sit there and say, this is the golden copy. This is the copy that we care about. All the others, they can be trashed. So if I can make that decision of this is the golden and I'm, this is how we're going to run this organization and take care of it, I can eliminate a lot of the overprovision. I can eliminate a lot of the backups and the snapshots and even some of the test copies. So it, there's a way to control this if you have an architect who is responsible for making that happen rather than just letting the developers run roughshod over whatever they choose to do. By creating this single gold copy that everyone knows is the gold copy, then they can protect it the appropriate way, but you don't have to struggle with identifying which is the gold copy or just protect everything because you don't know. That makes sense. Um, you think about data management in that area, and, and I, you know, where that kind of comes in is data management policies maybe have been applied equally across everything, and that probably needs to be rethought. Well, that's part of the job of the data steward is to, to really do that management or the CDO or whoever's in charge. I can tell you that one of the things that people really have a challenge with is not the um, the number of copies, but they also have problems with integrity and lineage. Right? So when I... When people request data and you're taking it from different groups, they don't all have data that is the same level of currency and they don't operate the same way. And unless you have a data architect focusing on this or a data steward who understands it and you've built a data dictionary or you've constructed um, your center of excellence that's dealing with all of this stuff, each one of the groups are going to create various components and the output may end up being garbage because you've brought all this stuff together that doesn't belong together. The concept of data management, in a lot of cases, people have thought about it as cost control. You know, do I have my the correct data on the correct cost tier and things like that? And have I backed it up? But not 
the single point of truth of what do I want to do with the data? You know, it's kind of about how do I store it and retain it, not about how do I put it to work. And it seems like these are two always competing competing challenges in an organization is an application owner wants to put data to work, an IT team wants to store and manage it and protect it. And those two coming together in this constrained world is going to be really necessary for businesses to continue to to operate successfully. And it's gotten worse. Uh, compliance has made it far bigger challenge. We have privacy issues now uh, that we didn't have before. You not only have the GDPR from from uh, the EU causing privacy challenges for companies, but California's written its own laws. New York's got them. Other states are doing them. Every country is putting them in place. So uh, that data management is a much bigger problem than it's ever been. And being in compliance is becoming a much bigger challenge. You know, the newer laws, the digital aspect laws that the government, that uh, the EU is putting in place, the, um, has gotten to put financial, um, penalties to be far greater than even the GDPR penalties. GDPR was set at 4% of annual, uh, maxed out at 4% of, uh, annual revenues. And uh, so data management is key. You, be a, you have to be able to know what you have. You have to be able to eliminate copies if, if people request it. Um, the control is um, getting worse every year, and you can't leave that to the applications people. You need people responsible on the data side, not just the compliance folks, who are checking things off, but the actual data management folks making sure it's in place and and handling the issues from an IT perspective. So organizations have been dealing with a lot of these compliance challenges, at least putting plans in place if they haven't already been put in place over many years now. And I think a new sense of urgency is going back to supply chain, power shortages, things like that. Um, what do you recommend? What do you recommend that folks look at from a technology perspective as they're looking at better data management because they have maybe a heightened sense of urgency today? Where should they start? There are a few different areas that you can start with. One is you, it's a process issue. So you're going to have to put some people in charge of this. Uh, you cannot leave it to the individual groups to go attempt to address it, or you'll continue to get proliferation of more data. Uh, someone has to be able to looking at this holistically and understand what needs to be done, then determine what are your primary copies, uh, what over-provisioning, ha- over-provisioning has occurred, and how do you clean all of that up. And as I mentioned earlier, you really do need golden images to sit there so you know what to back up, what to clean up, who owns what, who is responsible, and uh, start tightly controlling all of that for efficiencies purposes and for compliance and control purposes. So you do need data architects or data stewards that are responsible for every piece of data that's out there and take that control away from the developers, making sure that you're really tightly controlling what is out there because it is a corporate asset. You need to treat it as a corporate asset. And then you need to really find a way to make it, as we talked about before, so that the data is a corporate asset, not an application asset. 
So does the technology exist to do all of this? I think about, um, you know, we're talking about processes and the human beings will set these strategies. Um, and then we were also talking about constraint on the hardware side. Is this something that we need some developers to be scripting some data workflows? Are there um, vendor provided technologies that help solve these problems? Like what pieces of technology do you suspect that people will be looking at? So there are, I mean, Hammerspace is one solution that does that for various files and object stuff where you can have the data as a corporate asset and use the metadata to deliver it to the application. So you don't make multiple copies. There are other solutions that go address it even from the governance side. So there are, uh, various firms that have been using or developing solutions with AI to in order to make sure that you could automate the compliance process because most of this is manual and it's a checklist. And we need to get to the point that we are not doing a checklist on a quarterly basis or every time a new application comes up, but actually doing continuous compliance. So there are a bunch of uh, new applications coming to the fore to address this. Um, and you'll see more and more of that. There's a lot of investment going on to clean all this up um, and make it so that companies can comply more readily than they've been in the past. But it still requires... Um, an individual or a set of individuals or a, um, a, a um, community of excellence in place to address these, these issues or the individual groups will continue to expand the, um, the number of data sets and you'll still be out of control. You'll still have violence of data rather than creating a, an enterprise controlled data um, environment that you can actually address effectively. So as we think about where the budget to do this comes from, you know, the economy is in a difficult situation right now for most countries. Um, a lot of companies are starting to think about locking down or tightening up budgets until, you know, we have a little bit more line of sight to what's going to happen with the economy. How, how do you justify budgets to do something new, to do a new project like this? The first thing I would say, this has got to be done at the top level. It should not be done uh, at a lower level or it'll never succeed. If the, the executives aren't pushing this, it's not going to happen. And um, when you start thinking about controlling your data and doing it effectively and managing it appropriately, you can save a lot of money. One of the areas, for example, that got people in trouble is when they moved data, when they moved applications to the cloud, the data followed. So you ended up with data gravity. The data is wherever the application is and you can't move it. And in many cases, they're undergoing a huge expense to export that data. In many cases, they're finding their costs for that far exceed what it would be to put in place some architects to resolve the issue. You could self-fund this if you could find the right architects to figure out where your problem was. You could cut your costs for storage and um, uploads and downloads and pay for creating a controlled environment. The 
change that has occurred in our industry seems like every five or 10 years, there's this major shift in how organizations are thinking about things. And certainly I think the latest was when the cloud came in and everyone was trying to figure out how to take advantage of it, whether it was for applications or infrastructure, whatever the, the reasoning was. I feel like we're now on a new frontier of the next generation of what people are going to have to think about. Data is continuing to grow. We have many choices for infrastructure. Humans are spread all over the world doing their data-driven jobs. Um, and it, it feels like this is a new challenge that people are going to have to, you know, just like you had to put cloud architects in place 10 years ago. Now there's this data steward or whatever title an organization decides to give to this new role that this is going to be that next big movement in how people are thinking about their data centers. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I think that the, to your point, one of the biggest things that's a major change for all of this that people need to rethink is 5G is changing it again. All right. Um, when, when you think about it today, that I have an application, I'm probably running it multiple places around the world, and I have to have multiple copies of the data just for uh, latency issues. 5G is going to change that. So theoretically, I can put my data into a common private um, cloud of my own so I can control my data rather than give it to a, a, a cloud provider or put it in a colo and not require multiple copies as long as that colo is on the backbone of the networking backbone. So it's getting all the full performance and therefore I could only have need to have it once and to get good latency response times anywhere around the world. You know, this is super exciting to think about the opportunities that we have a um, little bit um, overwhelming to think about a lot of the changes that everyone's dealing with right now. Um, but I think it's great to have conversations like this, thought leaders like you and the folks at Robert Francis Group to help kind of guide the way. Um, certainly this podcast is not about selling services and products, but um, Cal and his partners over there are an interesting place to start if you listen to these episodes and are thinking about who might I talk to to start to think this through or plan a strategy. Um, I definitely recommend reaching out to that team. Um, Cal, thanks for being a guest two times on our show. Um, really appreciate your thought leadership and the time you've taken with us. Thank you, Molly. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Data Unchained, powered by Hammerspace. To learn more, visit hammerspace.com. If you have a guest you would like to hear on the show, email me at molly at hammerspace.com.